I'm JT. Simon is still away and I am filling his chair and want to welcome you to Resilience Real Time with Peter Sigley. As the world continues to fight COVID with cities going into lockdown, students learning on a virtual platform and people contributing to work from home, it's fair to say we continue to notice, see and hear the negative ways it impacts us. This is a really relevant topic to discuss today as we look for ways to cope with uncertainty. So Peter, firstly, welcome to season two of Resilience Real Time. It seems fitting that during this time of uncertainty, particularly with what is going on globally, we talk about strategies for studying and working at home. Hi, JT. It's great that you're back in the chair this uh, time round, and it's a really nice place to be in for season two. And I am also really glad that we're talking about this topic. I've been speaking about our tolerance for uncertainty for some 18 months now, and it continues to be a topic of great interest for many, especially as we see a new wave of lockdowns coming through, as you just mentioned. So for this podcast, I'd like to say that the strategies we speak about are also fabulous for adolescents. And I make this point as many of our listeners reach out to ask, how is it best to support their children? And that is especially the case for those in years 11 and 12. So it's good that these strategies are, can be applied in a couple of different spaces. I would love to hear more about this topic. I agree many of us would like to have some suggestions on board to support not only ourselves, but also our friends. Now, I know your PhD is all about resilience and well-being of adolescents. Uh, what have you found? Uh, yes, that is right. I found lots of things, but I suppose overarchingly, I think it's really important to take note that there is a level of self-reflection required for us to build resilience, and we're probably not there at the moment. So for many of us, the reality is we are just coping. So resilience comes with adaptation and growth post adversity and challenge, and a pandemic is certainly a challenge for many of us. So a great opportunity for us to build resilience, but probably a little bit further down the track. So at this time, we need to recognise that our brains really like certainty. And when there is uncertainty, we really struggle with this. So the response of our brain when we're in this space is to limit our ability to focus on things that are certain. And this can mean that we really struggle with making decisions. We can find that we're procrastinating more, struggling to get something started, to get things finished, or we're simply taking longer to do a task. And this is something we recognise well and truly in our COVID survey, which was published in 2020. And it's probably at this point, I'd also like to mention that Christine Carter talks about this. Now, Christine is an author of The New Adolescence, Raising Happy and Successful Teens in an Age of Anxiety and Distraction. And that was published in 2020. So I also refer to her work here. Well, it's great to know that it's not unusual uh, that since COVID, it can be harder to feel motivated by study. Study or work, if, I, if, if truth be known. And I agree, it's important to know that you're not on your own. Interestingly, the impact of uncertainty on our health can be greater than when we actually experience an event. So levels of anxiety or feelings agitated go up in anticipation of what might happen. And when we go through the event, we find we are far better at navigating what is happening than what we thought we could possibly do prior to the event. Can you share some strategies with us? Sure. So my first strategy is to make peace. It's important to remember you always have choice and a good place to start is to decide to make peace with stuff you can't control. I know it seems a little bit dismissive, but the reality is we, the more we look to resist and fight uncertainty, then the more it's going to end up making things worse. So we can feel more anxious, uh, upset or even paralysed to take action. So that space of being able to make peace is a really good place to start. So what are we talking about here? We're accepting what we can't control uh, and that we can't control everything and bringing our focus to those things that we do have control over. 
And when we do that, it brings a level of relief as it allows us to move forward from the present space. And a really helpful way to do this is to write down all the things that you're worried about, taking particular note of the things you can change and also the things you can't change. So in terms of focus, you really wanna take action on those first lot of items and practice letting go of the second set of items that you wrote down. Will this mean we won't have those feelings? Oh, great question. No, I can't say that we will be rid of all the feelings. Uh, you still may be frustrated, sad, or even a sense of helplessness at times, but making peace involves acknowledging our emotions. And when we do this, it creates again that space for us to put a, a mark in the sand and to decide to move forward. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you have another strategy we could use? Sure. So second strategy is all about energised body. So what am I talking about here? I'm really talking about that trilogy of diet, of sleep, of exercise. So really what we're doing is paying attention to what we eat, how much we're moving, and what we're doing to support sleep. And these things are interrelated. So one will have an impact on the other. So they don't work in isolation. And if I was going to recommend one area to start with, it would have to be sleep. When you sleep well, your choices around diet and exercise are more aligned to the healthy ones. And it's all about self-care. It's bringing that attention back to looking after yourself. And, you know, the honest truth is we all need to invest in ourselves to be the best version of ourselves. And this is very different to being selfish. So the message here, I would say, is self-care is not selfish. This conversation gets better all the time. I love you giving us permission to sleep. Do you have a third strategy for us? Okay, hang on there a minute. I just love the way that you just um, took that little piece of information and only took the sleep stuff. So I need to be really clear here. The National Sleep Foundation recommends as adults, again, as adults, we're having seven to nine hours of sleep. As for school-age children, uh, there's two distinct brackets here. So if 16 to 13-year-olds, it's recommended that they're getting nine to 11 hours of sleep per night. And for our 14 to 17 year olds, it's really that eight to 10 hours. So you can still see they're needing more sleep than adults. So uh, unfortunately, JT, probably not the messaging you wanted to hear. So you don't get a leave pass to spend a full day in bed, even if you've been out all night the night before. Not that you have to answer that question, but I'm just guessing. So this nicely leads into our next strategy, which is the one you just asked me about, and that is to seek comfort in a healthy way. The reason for this is we are trying to work with our bodies, or more correctly, our brain's reaction to uncertainty. So what actually happens here? Um, when we're in a place of uncertainty, our brain releases a, a dopamine rush. Now, dopamine is often called our reward chemical. So when this happens, we're primed to seek a treat or a reward. The trick is here to stay away from all the unhealthy options like junk food or social media saturation. Note I said saturation, not just social media, but fully consumed with it. And look for some healthy options that to reward yourself in this space. So making use of that dopamine rush for some more healthy options. So building on from the body, where do we go next? It's about engaging emotions. So again, you're starting to hear our performance supply chain coming out. And it's all about looking to build positivity. So what we really want to do is to try and stay connected to people we trust and to really have an option of being able to talk to somebody uh, that we do trust to enable us to gain a little bit of perspective on what's going on. So when you trust someone, you're certainly more comfortable in giving them permission to challenge 
you around your all-encompassing statement. So they're going to catch you out when you say, I should, I must, it always. And so those types of statements we know don't help us. So it's a matter of checking in. We were doing sort of a lot more of the check-in during the first lockdown. We're not doing so much of it now. And yet we know people are really craving the company of friends, colleagues, and even just seeing neighbours in the street. And this is something we're hearing a lot from in terms of our younger staff and also students. People are missing contact. They're missing touch. They're missing um, the incidental conversations that happen. So it's all those incidental interactions that we are really missing. And I'm going to say uh, during second, third, fourth lockdown, uh, people seem to be doing it less and less. So we've spoken about the body and our emotions. What about our mind? Good, good pickup. So train mind is definitely the next strategy. And this is where we're needing to really watch that negative internal chit chat. We tend to believe what we think. And when we're struggling with uncertainty, it is so much more likely that we're going to get caught up in thinking of the worst case scenario. So this drives up our feelings of fear and we can react more emotionally than what we normally do so or what we want to do. We need to challenge this and look to back up our thoughts with good solid facts. It's a good check-in just to see what we're anchoring our decision-making to in terms of robust sources of information. Is it a solid source of information or is it hearsay? Is it inference as opposed to fact? So good solid facts, great way to support your thinking. And this wouldn't be resilience real time without this question. If I'm a leader, what should I be doing in this space for my people and my business? Sure. Um, and I agree, we should probably end the podcast with this question always, um, because the more support we get within our organisations, the better off we're going to be um, progressing forward. So leaders uh, must understand that certainty can come from their own lack of goal setting or prioritisation. And the result of this can lead to so many options, so many possibilities for anyone on their team. So one key role of leadership is to create positive emotion in those they lead. And in terms of uncertainty, what we don't want to be doing is spurring more uncertainty. So it's about uh, creating calm, it's about creating excitement, but not having the impact of fear, anxiety, or panic. So really providing clarity on purpose and key priorities at this time is fundamental. Well, thanks, Peter. What an interesting chat. It was great to discuss the impacts and strategies to help with studying and work, both for ourselves, but also our teens during the pandemic. Until next time on Resilience Real Time, keep well. Mm -hmm.